Hi everyone, it's Ash Wednesday, and I don't know about you, but I legit get excited for Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent. There is something about following the life of Christ that I just love so much. It's like we get this whole six-week mini-series on who Jesus Christ is, why he came, what he did while he was here, what he's trying to teach us, and more importantly, what he would do for us. And when they put that ash on your head and say, from dust you are and dust you shall return, it somehow puts life into perspective. So last year, I did not have a podcast, but a friend of mine asked me if I would maybe do a short devotion called 40 Days of Lent and put it on Facebook. So I did. This year, I won't do that on a daily basis. I will do that through my podcast. So I feel bad for those who won't see it on Facebook. Maybe I'll recap. Who knows? Anyways, I'm excited to have this podcast opportunity to share a little bit of our Lenten journey. And I pause because my brain is going in a thousand directions. I'm actually recording remotely. So if you don't hear the normal sounds of Racine Street going by and cars and crazy noises that are in my house. It's because there's crazy noises going in my daughter's house. I'm with her this week as her husband is with his mom and grandma who is 98 and broke her ankle and is at a facility in rehab. But bless her heart, she is determined to get home. So Lots of prayers for Shirley because I love her so much and certainly for Anne as well as she supports her mom. I know that feeling and you just don't want to trade that for anything. Anyways, so I chose to do the same thing that I did for that 40 days of Lent last year, which is I belong to St. Mark Lutheran Church in Janesville, Wisconsin. It's a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Church. And while I like to poke holes in the way we do things, I also know that we believe in a risen Lord Jesus Christ, a triune God. We believe in, you know, the sacraments of baptism and communion, and it's a good place to worship. And the people I worship with are amazing. So, In AA, you usually pick a home group, and that's how I look at St. Mark Lutheran Church. They are my home group, but I can worship at lots and lots of churches that worship the triune God and that worship a risen Lord Jesus Christ. Most of the time, the differences are man-made, and we can work them out, and we can agree to disagree but to agree on the fact that Christ is our savior and so, so important. So 
Lutheran Church, all that to tell you this, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has a liturgical calendar of all of the Bible verses for the entire year for every service. And so I took that liturgical calendar and all the Bible verses from Lent all the way through to Holy Week, and I chose one of them and then talked about that. So I'm going to do that again. And this year, there, you know, there's always something from the Old Testament and from the New Testament and from the Gospels. Um, Old Testament, we always typically think that is before Christ. It's not. It's Christ is there. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are God. So Christ is present in the Old Testament. And the beauty of it is, when you, the more you know Christ, the more you can see Him in the Old Testament. It's unbelievable. But it is. God preparing his people, the Jewish people, that out of that, out of that tribe, out of that um, race would come the human part of God who is Jesus. And so he wants to make sure to prepare them and, and get them ready for it. So that is the, the, the story of the Old Testament. And the New Testament is starts with human Jesus, who is God too, 100% human, 100% God, and his life, death, and resurrection, and then introduces us to the Holy Spirit. Who was there in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and beyond? Because he is God too. So our this crazy God that we have that is... Um, one God, but three in one. And it's funny because, you know, there's that, um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Somebody made a joke that is like, um, are you there, Margaret? It's me, myself, and I. Hilarious. Because that is God. God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> make fun of it all you want. But that's why our God is so almighty. I am going to share from Joel chapter 2, 12, verses 12 through 19. Joel is called a lesser prophet. Doesn't mean that he wasn't as important as the other prophets. Some of the major prophets just had perhaps a bigger role, so to speak. And so this verse in the New International Version, which the NIV, which is probably my favorite, starts with a, a title that says, Rend Your Heart. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave, a, and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Below, the trumpet in Zion declares a holy fast. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. 
Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? The Lord answer, the Lord's answer. That's the title, subtitle for the rest. Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. The, the Lord replied to them, I am sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. Good stuff. So it's interesting because just in reading those words, it made me feel a little bit like Lent. What's the first thing people say when you when they say it's Lent? Almost always people will ask you, what are you giving up for Lent? It's not something that all brands of Christianity do. And I call Christianity brands because each little denomination or non-denomination, in my opinion, is a brand. So I say that very loosely. And if it offends you, I apologize. But, you know, we have we all have those things that we are drawn to that makes us want to worship at a particular church or in a particular way. And some of my listeners aren't necessarily church goers, but they find devotion and worship and prayer and communication with God in other ways. Maybe it's nature or maybe it is in listening to podcasts or reading devotions or reading their Bible or just in prayer and then having conversations about it with fellow Christians. That's my jam. Like that's the thing I love. I love that kind of communication that we have with each other about this beautiful God. And so it starts by talking about um, rend your heart. Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And Lent always starts kind of on a high note in terms of we meet Jesus, we start learning about him and all these awesome things that Jesus is doing and the disciples and oh my gosh, how he loves women and how he loves children and how he is compassionate for the sick and the broken and oh Jesus, man, who doesn't want to hang out with him? But as we get to Holy Week, there's definitely a, a, a cloud of darkness because it is the impending death of Jesus. And it starts to get dark pretty fast with some, you know, which brings me to the fasting and the weeping and the mourning. And then it says, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. And then it starts talking again about blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together elders, children, tiny babies, 
newly married couples and let the priest weep and pray, spare your people. Wow, doesn't that sound like Ash Wednesday? Doesn't that sound like Lent in terms of we're going to maybe give up something for Lent, which is a fast, by the way, whenever you give something up. A lot of people give up food type things. They don't eat meat for Lent. They, you know, give up sugar for Lent. They give up alcohol for Lent, which it's probably not a bad idea anyways, people know what I'm saying. But we give up stuff. And and I've gotten to the point where a lot of times I give up something bad I was doing anyways, like giving up using the mother of all swear words. Not a good idea anyways, right? If that tears people down, just don't do it. And so when they say to rend your heart and not your garments, sometimes when you are fasting, people would put on like the sackcloth and they would like tear it, otherwise known as rend it. And that was a way of showing that they were fasting. Rend has interesting synonyms, torment, afflict, torture, pain, agonize, harrow, pierce, stab, wound, crucify, plague, bedevil, persecute, harass, distress, worry, convulse. Real interesting because as I was writing all of those down, torture, pain, pierce, wound, crucify, torment. Like, wow, does that not sound like Jesus Christ on the cross? And so if you are somebody who gives something up for Lent, it's nothing in comparison to Jesus Christ on the cross. Nothing. Because not only was there physical wounds, like serious physical wounds, the mental anguish that comes from taking on everybody's sin. We all know how bad we feel when we sin. Now imagine that times billions because he took on all of our sin. Every single human in the world, he took that on. And so Joel is telling us it's not about rending our garments. It's about rending our hearts. Verse 18 has the title, The Lord's Answer. Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. And that sounds weird because we often think of jealous as being negative, but sometimes it is that it is that ownership that what they mean by jealous that that God saw that this earth, this creation, these humans belonged to him and so he takes pity on his people and the Lord replied to them, I'm sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. Now, if that doesn't take you from Ash Wednesday all the way to Easter Sunday, I don't know what you're missing or 
what I missed the first time I ever read that. But when I read it this time, boy, that makes sense. He's saying in, in Lent, we give up all these things and then Easter comes and we can have them all in abundance. And that's, that is what it is. We give up a lot for Jesus to, to take over. We give up our sinfulness. We give up um, being unforgiving. We give up hate and unkindness and, and all of those things that fall under sin in exchange for believing that Jesus is God and is our Savior and he came to die and raise again victorious over death so that we would have eternal life. And that is enough to satisfy you fully. And he's never going to go back on that promise, which is so exciting. So I'm going to try to bring it home relatively quickly. But first, I got to tell you, um, the whole rending of your heart, you know, rend your heart, not your garment. So, you know, basically don't tear your clothes. But, you know, it's like tearing up your heart, which is very in sync. And then it made me laugh because I had to look up the words to um, tearing up my heart by in sync. And it, now I just want to come up with like a parody about Ash Wednesday and tearing up our hearts. But that is, that is what I would challenge you to do, is to ponder the things that break God's heart. Ponder the things that he wants us to change. Things like racism, things like peace, like war, peace over war. Wow. Couldn't even get that out. But he wants us to love others the way that Jesus Christ loves us. In six weeks of studying who Jesus Christ is and the message that he's going to give us in his lifetime here on earth and to be able to condense that into 40 days and to think of the things that break his heart, that tear his heart apart, are the things that should tear us apart. So whether you give something up or whether you do something, because sometimes people do that, like, you know, I'm going to volunteer at a food pantry um, once a week during Lent, or I'm going to give blood, or I'm going to give more offering, or I'm going to help somebody. Great things, great, great things. And giving up some things, if that helps you to ponder who Jesus is, what broke his heart here on earth, and why he died for us is so important. And so that's really what I want to challenge you to do is how are you going to, to rend your heart? How are you going to tear your heart into so that Christ can mend it, so that Christ can be the one who fills that tear, that empty gap, and puts what is important and what is internal into it.
A Christian is somebody who is defined by following Christ. That's true. I would go deeper than that, though. I would go to the point of knowing that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Because if you miss that part, you miss the entire point of the life of Jesus Christ. So keep coming back to this Lenten series because together, let's find out who Jesus is. Let's get to know him better. Let's make sure that we become friends with Christ, disciples of Christ, followers of Christ, believers of Christ, and that we become redeemed by Christ. Thank you so much for following, and I love you. And I'm picturing each one of you with ash on your head, because from dust we are, and dust we shall return. And thank God, because of Jesus Christ, we are redeemed and will live eternally, even though this body of ours returns to dust.